Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popcher podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopcher. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, hello everybody. Is two weeks after the Oscars too late to still be doing Oscar content? Yes. Well, and that's all we have time for. Uh, thank you so much. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, feel free to check us out on our Instagram. We're also on um, Facebook and Twitter and SoundCloud. Wow, and you can leave a review on iTunes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's actually a pretty clever way to put all our social links up top. Yeah, now when we like finish, it, we can just be like, laters. <laughs> make a joke about it. Yeah. It's good. Cool. Well, no, we are we <laughs> are still talking somewhat about the Oscars. This is kind of about the Oscars, but also just about films. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> what the Oscars got wrong. Yeah, again. Yeah, those jerks. Uh, I am your host, Richard. I'm joined I'm- again for the f- fourth time <laughs> by... Aaron Richardson and uh, AJ, but I've been here more than four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but for this, the, the duo has mm. been here four times, and the, this year we're seven times total. Oh mm. yeah, and we did. Uh, but yeah, so this is our final, finally wrapping up our Oscar season mm-hmm. by popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we decided to watch five films that, uh, by some means have been referred to as a snub of the mm. 91st academy awards so whether that's you know it won heaps of awards at a different ceremony or uh you know the, the general kind of consensus online is that it deserved more or, or like some of them were you know like nominated and won other awards but yeah. weren't nominated for best picture mm. yeah yeah or some mm. that weren't really in the conversation but we just wanted to watch anyway. <laughs> uh, so, sure should we uh, go first with mm. the movie Eighth Grade, talking of films <laughs> with numbers in the title? Exactly. So, exactly. Eighth Grade, this came out like, when did this come out in the States? It was like, uh, well, it premiered in January 2018, uh, but got a wide release in July. And it came here in January of 2019. So it took us a wee while to watch. It's directed by uh, Bo Burnham, the comedian who you might have heard of, and he also wrote the film. And so this... And starred in the film as Elsie Fisher <laughs> as Kayla. And so does one of you guys want to give me what this film is about? Sure. Eighth Grade is a coming-of-age story about a young girl named Kayla during the last couple weeks of Eighth Grade. Um, where she is a very she's a very awkward and quiet uh, girl. She has her own YouTube channel, which gets like 
two to three views. Um, and what, you know, she, she's trying to break out of, of her self-conscious shell. Um, but she finds that very difficult too. Um, yeah, we, we should say as well that these will be all, everything we're going to be talking about today will be spoiler free in terms of like events, you know, we won't spoil the film, but we'll tell you what they're about and what we thought of them. So I won't go too much into what happens to Kayla, but Mm, it's a, it's a very touching, um, and very, uh, what's the right word? Like on uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's an uncomfortable, awkward, but very, um, very well-made, uh, it's uncomfortable because of how real it is. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the opposite of out of touch? That's in what touch. I was trying to in touch. Yeah, it's very in touch. Yeah, but I don't think you really want to from. say that about a movie about a twelve year old girl. <laughs> no. It's a no. very in touch movie with yeah. her. Uh yeah, it's so what do we all think of it? I thought it was great. This this landed in my top ten for twenty eighteen. Yeah. Mm. I think it was number yep. four or something like that. Yeah, I'd say it's probably my favourite of the films that we've we're discussing today. Yeah, um I, I think- would probably say that as well. Yeah, I actually don't think I would say that. But oh shit! Controversial. Um, <laughs> no, I, I loved it. It was great, but because it was so like cringe-inducing and awkward, I find those things really difficult. So like, part of the experience was painful for me, but the other part mm-hmm. was like, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because it's so stuck in its time period. Yeah. Like this film by next month is is going to be aged you know <laughs> and so but i think it's a, it's a, it's like a time capsule yeah it, it, it's <laughs> this is what it's what it was like to grow up rather than trying to make it so it doesn't it could take place anytime yeah there, there's a very conscious decision made to you know take place a snapshot of of what it's like and to show the effects of social media and stuff like that it was interesting because you know the like the react channel on youtube they did because they did like an eighth graders react to eighth grade, and then they did Elsie Fisher and Bo Burnham react to eighth graders reacting to eighth grade, and then uh, there's some quite funny moments in it. Like they talk about how some of the kids are like because the teacher is, is says, "Oh, we've got this coming up," and dabs. And everyone was like, "Oh, the, like the dabs already like." done like that's that's already nobody dabs anymore it's like yeah that's the fucking point yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the teacher's dabbing yeah <laughs> and no one sees lebron james <laughs> yeah it's like but the because i watched this i've seen this before but i watched it re watched it for this um podcast with my uh, younger sister who's um she's just finished high school and like even really? the, there's a yeah, there's a she's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a rick and morty joke like reference in this film yeah and she thought that was so cringy but i was like but this is why it's good because it's it's cringy like it's, yeah. it's very it's an accurate you know, cringe yeah. yeah it's accurate and, and i think i think maybe if you're too young to appreciate that then you will find some of this as i said before out of touch but i yeah think yeah. the opposite if you're maybe not intelligent enough to watch rick and morty <laughs> yeah well it is that is part of it um yeah it's fun it kind of becomes its own um you almost want to use the word period piece to to define it but it's a period piece in the period it was released in you know Mm, just because it stars a female aj (laughs) 
<laughs> no, AJ's used that on me before, and so uh, all um, right, I see. Yeah, you but- can't just use the term period piece for any movie starring a female. AJ. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, though. It does have a real kind of boyhood time capsule yeah. vibe, and like. Yeah, yeah. Part of the the charm or whatever of boyhood is that like it, they managed to capture all of those things that were pop culture and current of the time. Yeah. But like, mm. I mean, because it's so recent, I mean, some people would say like eighth graders like, oh, but no, you're not up to date. But it's like in mm. ten years time, it'll be like, man, it's such an accurate time yeah. capsule of what was happening at that specific time. Yeah, and I can't think of another movie that could have that claim. You know, I'm sure there are, but like. It's ve- it's very interesting because I I've been on um film shoots before where like the director doesn't want to use a smartphone have a character show like show a character using a smartphone yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that because it, it makes it antiquated and or, or dated but it's like this is the opposite of that this is no we want it to be dated because yeah. it is about a girl in eighth grade in 2018 well because so. have you heard about how apparently they were filming this film having all the characters uh, talk on messenger and then like halfway through filming. You know, Bo's hanging out with these eighth graders and the cast and stuff like that, and they were like, "No one uses Messenger anymore. We we talk on Instagram." And so they mm. went and reshot all the close-ups of the phones wow. with the chats now on Instagram. Oh my god, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I have noticed that actually because I don't really use Instagram chat at all, but I use Messenger. Yeah, other than and it's funny to, sliding to, into to, people's DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny to learn the um the ways in which I am, am slowly becoming, yeah. <laughs> unhip, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I use Messenger, what? Mm. <laughs> but, um, so this received zero Academy Award nominations. Mm. Uh, it, over awards season, it was nominated for 76 awards and won 36 of them. Yeah. Uh, wow. pros- probably the biggest or sort of... Um, you know, most prestigious one of those was at uh, the Writers Guild of America Awards. It won the big award of the night, which is best original screenplay. Um, and so I wonder if we can look up who he was up against. Um, okay, yeah. So eighth grade beat Green Book, A Quiet Place, Roma, and Vice. Uh, so a few of those were nominated for um, for the Oscar as well. But um, the, his, his acceptance speech was great because they obviously didn't expect him to win. He was sitting right at the back of the theater. So they called his name and then he like walked and the camera's awkwardly following him. He gets up to the stage, grabs the trophy and is like, have fun at the Oscars, losers. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously gives like a heartfelt speech, but it was so funny. And then the, they're like, oh, you know, obviously thanks to Elsie Fisher. And they're like, the camera like panics and whips around and <laughs> zooms in as far as it can. And you can see all this pixel that's Elsie Fisher. <laughs> Sitting at the back, it was so funny. <laughs> so, if this is a podcast about um, films that the Oscars should have nominated, uh, what do we think this should have been? Do do you, do you guys think this is a best picture worthy film, like best picture nomination worthy film? Uh, I think with the new kind, with like in the last decade or so, the the kind of films that get nominated, I think it there is definitely a place for it. Definitely should have been nominated for best script. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a classic best Oscar. Movie, eh? Like, mm. I'd say definitely script, but yeah, the movie thing is kind of hard. I think you're right. In the past 10 years, it's sort of becoming a different thing, eh? Mm. But this is like, this is this year's um, Lady Bird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, last and, year and, had Lady Bird, so they've had their turn. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, if Lady Bird can get nominated, or if, um, what's the other one I compared it to? Oh, The Big Sick. Like, oh, yeah. this feels like a combination of the big sick and ladybird the big sick mainly because it's like a a comedy writer getting yeah. an oscar break and yeah. ladybird more in terms of um 
structure of uh, and and subject matter um but yeah like i i would i would have loved this to have been nominated for best best picture i mean i think it's better than probably half of the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's the, the thing about the all the movies we're going to talk about is most of them it's not only could they it's not like oh yeah they'd be eighth it's like this would be in the top half yeah. if it was nominated mm. yeah um yeah so I, I do want to mention as well give a shout out to without sport without spoilers there is a scene in this film uh you guys will know the one i'm talking about that is like it's crazy that in in a year that had a quiet place come out this was like the tensest I've felt watching a movie this year. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. such an amazingly done scene. If, you, if you've seen it, um, or if you haven't, I'm referring to the truth or dare scene. I mean, it doesn't spoil it. But um, yeah, it's such a like tense, nerve wracking, like, you know, butterflies vomiting in your stomach kind of. Yeah, yeah I, think it, I think it works because it threatens how much you're going to enjoy the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say quickly, mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about a different scene. Um, the scene where she's like in her togs about to enter the pool party and that amazing oh. shot of like mm-hmm. her and there just zooms out to reveal the like whole crowd of people at the yeah. party. Yeah. And and like Elsie Fisher, man, she's so good in this movie. To like put her like I mean I don't want to be mean, but like to put not like the most flattering body and skin mm. and stuff like that just on full display yeah. not she doesn't put her body in a full display don't get me wrong <laughs> um but like to be so vulnerable in this film at the time when in your life when you're most self-conscious mm. yeah, yeah it's such an incredible performance and and she won a lot of like um uh breakthrough artist um, or breakthrough actor kind of awards. So yeah, I would yeah. have even thought she should be nominated for best actress. Yeah, I would have nominated like, her. But yeah. I mean, it was a pretty, um, uh, pretty stacked category. She was nominated for the Golden Globe though. Right. Cool. Cool. Wow. Sweet. So that was eighth grade. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Recommended. All right. So next up, another film which we'll go off like how many awards they actually received at the. At the Academy Awards. So, um, You Were Never Really Here, another one that didn't receive any Oscar nominations. Uh, it was nominated for a few at the Independent Spirit Awards. Um, and the actually, the BAFTAs, British Academy Film Awards, it was nominated for Outstanding British Film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. And this was directed by Lynn, Lynn Ramsey. Ramsey. Who yep. also you might know from yeah, we need to talk about Kevin. Stars yep. Joaquin Phoenix and Aaron, what's this one about? This one is uh it follows uh I guess he's like a head man or Wikipedia he's... refers to him as an enforcer. There we go. <laughs> an enforcer um who's basically uh, the sole carer for his um mum um and also yeah spends his time working as an enforcer he's hired by basically uh, uh like a governor or a senator. a senator that's right who's helping a governor run for re-election or something like that um to basically find his daughter who's gone missing and then the plot ensues from there <laughs> yeah very nice um uh, mm. so yeah, what do we say about this? So it won the Best Actor and Best Screenplay at the Cannes Film Festival um, yeah, in yeah. 2017, actually, so yeah. a while ago now. Uh, yeah, what did we think of this film? 
Well, it's interesting because when we were, we, we've all had kind, kind of hectic weeks when it came to watching, trying to watch all these films. And Richard, you suggested we skip this one because it's the most underrepresented in terms of conversation about it being mm. um, snubbed. This doesn't in the even have a separate page for list of accolades on Wikipedia. Wow. <laughs> I could count them right now. Wow. <laughs> That's um, tough. 19, and it won six. And it's that, I thought that was interesting because you said it was your least favorite of the five. Uh, yes. I would say it's my second favorite. I really like this movie. Interesting. I I, I watched a lot of um, analysis and stuff of it afterwards to you know fully get it. Mm. But like, oh, I can at the same time I can I can kind of understand I guess why it's not an, an Oscar piece because it's very art house. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I loved it. I would I would highly recommend watching. Yeah. This movie. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'd I'd recommend it. I just didn't, didn't really like. I, I don't. It's, I'd, yeah. It's, it's like a it's like a really um. It's like a non-schlocky John Wick. That's what this movie is. It's John Wick if you removed the intentional fun action out of it. Yeah, if you take the fun out of John Wick. <laughs> and if you replace the fun with like serious and experimental filmmaking, then <laughs> I'd say that's what it feels like. Yeah. That's really accurate. Um, <laughs> uh, I Yeah, I I really liked it. It's a very Joaquin Phoenix performance, I would say. Mm-hmm. And they're like... You, you can tell on screen he like really went there and probably like you know actually killed someone. Well, yeah, pro- probably not. Knowing Joaquin, no, no, <laughs> knowing Joaquin. Um, yeah, I was talking to uh, my girlfriend's brother about how the director made him listen to like um, if he was like music or something on repeat for like a week before because apparently that's what tra- post traumatic like stress disorder is kind of like. <laughs> and I was like to him, I bet that Joaquin Phoenix was like only a week. It's still a month, <laughs> baby. Let's really get into this role. Hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah he's he's incredible in this. I thought oh, he's like, great, I, yeah. Yeah, I love I love Joaquin Phoenix at the best of times. I think um, that scene in the Master where he does the the Scientology test is like a scene I point to for being one of the best pieces of acting in yeah. cinema yeah. history. Yeah, and yeah. I've been doing I've been doing that longer than you. So yeah, exactly. So um, <laughs> but the the I um, think I showed you that scene. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I recommend it to you. Uh, I just like again, again. If we're bringing it back to where would you rank it amongst the other Oscar nominees? I'd, like this is for me. This is easily better than Bohemian Rhapsody or Oh yeah, don't even mention Bohemian Rhapsody on, on this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what the the point of this episode is, right? To yeah, compare yeah, it to, to the other ones, like most films are better than Bohemian Rhapsody. So it kind of goes without saying. Um, Actually, yeah, only think, like forty-five percent of films are better than Bohemian Rhapsody. The, the reason I said probably skip this one is a, a I mean, I, I didn't really enjoy it, but um, B, I never really saw this in the conversation for mm. for any of these awards. You know, yeah, it's not that kind of movie, eh? Yeah, Especially, I mean, given the subject matter for a start, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess the the reason I thought it should be in there was just because of because you wanted to see it. Well, and no, you because need it was a it was to watch films. <laughs> it was yeah, that part of it's that, but also like it was in the Spirit Awards and there's plenty of of award ceremonies. It maybe it's, yeah, it was in it's, it's after watching it, it's five. the type of film that that yeah, qualifies for those ceremonies, but not the Oscars. I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have too much to say about. It. I guess it, it's. Uh, like if you've seen, we need to talk about Kevin. You you might know kind of the, the what, what I'm sort of feeling because it, it's the kind of film that's 
kind of deliberately or by design uh, is a little bit disconnected. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it, it kind of doesn't want you to get on board with it immediately. It wants you to do the extra work. Yeah. And I mean, maybe I just wasn't willing to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I immediately read the Wikipedia plot synopsis after I saw it so that I could fully understand each other. Part of one of the problems it has, and I don't know if you guys felt this, but the guy who plays the senator and the guy who plays the governor look real similar. And <laughs> so that makes it very confusing. He uh, cloned himself. Like plot elements happening that I was like, which, which guy is this again? Is this the senator or the governor? So. Other yeah. than that, perfect film. And there are also time <laughs> flips as well. Like it goes back in time or whatever. Mm. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't make your life any easier, right? <laughs> so it's a, it's a film you should watch. Um, and if you don't understand it, give five minutes of looking, reading the Wikipedia synopsis. And I, I found I enjoyed it more after reading what the, you know, anything I didn't understand was clarified and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now on to a film which received one Academy Award nomination. Um, it's called First Reformed. Now, we do have to have a little bit of a spoiler alert, um, and that's uh, I'm just alerting everyone to the fact that Aaron spoiled the podcast and didn't watch this. <laughs> are you really going to do this? Are you going to give me the lecture live? <laughs> now, Aaron. Oh. Um, no, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Whatever. <laughs> it's uh so first reformed is about a priest who or pastor a reverend reverend please who, don't look to me to, <laughs> to confirm whether or not he's a pastor or a priest uh, i can i can handle some of this guys don't worry yeah uh like do you want to explain what it's about <laughs> Sure. So it's about a, a reverend who's part of like a small church that's reaching its 250th uh, anniversary. And this church is kind of like a, it's, it's basically like a souvenir, like barely anyone goes to the sermons and it's more just there because it's been like, it's more, it's more just significant because it's been there for so long. Yeah, um, there's like a bigger church that like a mega church that like it, it kind of, takes under its its wing or like looks after it um so it's, it basically follows uh, ethan Hawke, who plays the reverend his name is reverend toller um and he uh ha- learns to kind of like uh balance hope and despair because he talks to uh, a young married couple who are ex- expecting a baby and one of the um the or the the, the husband as like global warming's ruining the world, I don't want to bring a baby into this world. Yeah, like the, the whole sort of moral quandary of the film is: is it right to bring a baby into this world when we're destroying it? Yeah, and it's essentially um, it's dealing with the destruction of the natural earth through the perspective of a religious person, which is a real cool and interesting idea for a movie, and not not one I'd I'd heard or thought hmm. of before. Um, I saw someone online refer to it as taxi driver, but instead of a taxi driver, it's a reverend because the same director. Yeah, uh, well, you same driver. writer. Yeah, yeah, oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Paul writer. Schrader wrote Taxi Driver, and he also wrote and directed this. Yeah, um, and so yeah, it stars Ethan Hawke, as we said, and. Quite a few awards for these two guys. Um, so out of 71 nominations across all the awards at 137, um, including Ethan Hawke at the Independent um, Spirit Awards, won uh, Best Male Lead. He won. He picked up quite a lot of Best Actor things. And there was like, he's one of three performances in history to pick up like 
these five different awards. I can't remember which ones they are, and not be nominated for the Oscar. Mm. Um, He's so good in this. Man. Yeah, or maybe maybe only three. No, I think it's only three people in history have won those five awards, and he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for it. It's so yeah. like this is my because we talked about spoilers for next year, but we've talked about doing um, like an Oscars of the 2010s because Oscar season next year will be 2020. 2010 to 2019 will have, will have been and gone and we can do what are the best films and performances of the 20, 2010s and Ethan Hawke in this would be like at least my nomination for best male performance mm. this decade he's yeah. so good in this movie and I love Ethan Hawke yeah um, I agree he's he's really good um, The it's, it's a very quiet and disturbed and upset role yeah. and I, I really I don't know what else, I just I really love this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's about it's about such an interesting subject that and and I've never seen a film be like this before. I've ne- like it's funny cuz I reckon some people would have a problem with it being about global warming or you know something so uh uh what's the word? Like it's not it's you don't typically see a lot of films about global warming and it's you could I was thinking I did like this this thought track in my head and I was like people would call this film preachy but it's about a preacher (laughs) so it kind of it justifies being preachy because it's about a preacher who's preaching things that aren't necessarily you know religious or biblically related yeah Mm. It, it is i i highly recommend you watch it aaron it's <laughs> uh yeah this this also ranked in my top 10 of the year it's like eighth grade's a more enjoyable film but this yeah. is oh this is such a good movie yeah. and it's one of those movies because I, I watched it maybe a couple months ago and it was one of those things where i just kept on being like fuck aj i need you to watch this film <laughs> like <laughs> i need <laughs> someone to talk to about this and i know you'll love it mm. um or hate it i mean i don't know uh, no, I loved it. I loved it, and it's shot really beautifully as well. My God, yeah, it's in four by three. The the oh. cinematography is is to die for in, in this yeah in this film. I reckon. But there's just there's these big scenes that are just conversation and mm. um yeah, I, I I'm probably I'm definitely going to watch it again shortly. So, in again, in terms of the Oscar conversation, obviously, best actor for Ethan Hawke. Do you reckon it he should have been? He should have won. Yeah, yeah. I actually preferred him to Rami Malek, to yeah. be honest. Uh, and also, like, we didn't talk about it, I don't think, in the Oscar episode. But yeah, you know, the, the the Oscar scene we always talk about those. How like what's mm. going to play on your Oscar reel? Rami Malek's was him, not amazingly lip syncing to a um, Queen to Queen. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you, like you picked like the worst possible <laughs> scene. Yeah. Whereas you yeah. know you couldn't do that with first first reform because every frame. It's beautiful. And there's not a lot of dialogue in it other yeah. than those big conversation scenes. Um, but yeah, no, like, highly recommend. Um, yeah. It's another film you kind of need to do some reading about afterwards as well. Yeah, that's true. Do you reckon um, it's a best picture kind of film? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do too. I'm very. I'm actually real surprised that that a organization that likes to do very topical films for, you know, Mm. you know the product of their time films that first reformed being about climate change and they specifically mentioned that the u.s government denies it and stuff yeah. in the film it's like this is kind of right up the academy's alley i wonder what like yeah. prevented it because being- this is paul schrader's first academy award nomination like yeah. he wrote taxi driver and raging bull and he yeah. was wasn't nominated till 2017 and ethan hawke's been <clears throat> i think him and the academy don't get along very well but right. 
Yeah, it is. It's baffling that this film didn't do better. What year think. was it? Pardon? What year did it come out? This one? Yeah. Oh, well, in the last year. Well, it was, it was a 2017 premiere, but it was released in Do you in think possibly because it was so long ago may have damaged its chances? I mean, Get Out was kind of Yeah, well, I mean, because it but... was nominated for um, screenplay. Yeah, so they knew it was it, it existed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's... I, I do want to, like, what, just touch on what you're saying. I was thinking last night about Green Book winning Best Picture, and I was like, it's kind of the perfect film to win, in a sense, because... So the Academy had the chance to award Roma a, a like a beautiful, simple portrait of a Mexican housekeeper that was released on Netflix. It's like this; it signifies this massive change, not only in culture but in the way the Academy works. And instead, they gave it to the same old shit. You know, mm-hmm. this this sort of Oscar baity kind of film that has a very reductive view of racism. It's white savior, all that kind of stuff, and. In a way, that's kind of perfect because you look at something like last year when the Academy Awards it had. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like it's like it had a, a black director nominated, it had a female director nominated, and Shape of Water one, which is like the first, one of the first big fantasy films to win, apart from you know, something like Lord of the Rings. And it, it said, like, there is this change. And the whole world has kind of been going through that at the moment, being like, here, there's a massive change just about to happen. And then something happens, like Trump getting elected or um, Brett Kavanaugh being on the Supreme Court. And you realize, oh, actually, nothing's changing. The world's still just <laughs> as shit as it always has been, if not worse now. And I think Green Book, in, a, in its way, is the perfect um, exemplification of 2018 to win Best Picture. Yeah. It's right, sort of yeah. a retraction, eh? Like, yeah. Because you think about Moonlight. I mean, Shape of Water, uh, take it or leave it, but you know, mm. something like but Moonlight also, is- But also, like, Shape of Water is a film with a female lead that, like, explores their sexuality in a kind of liberated way. And this was in the wake of the Me Too movement. Yeah. And then the following year, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. is nominated. And that's the thing, yeah. you know, like, they go- it's the same with like people and like so many different stuff they go so far with change and then they're like oh no that's uncomfortable so there's like Mm. a kind of retraction in response to like the expansion and the like liberalization Mm. yep so do you need your green books to win so that your shape of waters can win well i just wonder whether it's just like a kind of not a natural reaction but a like long-standing reaction against like yeah change Mm. i guess yeah Yeah. i've always said the oscars are quite reactionary like on oscar's so white and then the following year you know moonlight wins best picture yeah um and so it it, it's often often there is like external sort of reasons but it does often scream like no 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 look look look, we fixed it yeah Mm. and then this year was almost like Oh, you love last year. We don't even need to try anymore because because the general consensus last year was the Oscars actually got it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas this year, it's just like nobody cares about the Oscars anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's first reformed and a little added yeah. thoughts. That on. was really beautiful, man. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, that was first reformed. Check it out. Now, next up, we've got. Uh, so this film was nominated for three Academy Awards. Uh, it's Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm. So it was nominated for Best Actress for Melissa McCarthy, Best Supporting Actor for Richard D. E. Grant, and Best, Adap- Best Adapted Screenplay. Now, can one of you tell me what this is about? I can do that. Go yeah. for it. Melissa McCarthy plays... Lee Israel. Thank you. Plays um, formerly famous novelist, uh, not novelist, uh, she was responsible for a whole lot of uh, biographies. Um, yeah. Her most recent one about... Uh, going into too much detail. Going into too much detail. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and she's basically sort of past her point of fame. Um, she's a struggling copyist, um, so it's like a low-level job in like a publishing company. Um and she figured, how much spoiler can I give without going to You can far? give the, the inciting incident. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. Um, so basically, uh, she discovers, she's researching a book, her next book. Um, and in the process of doing that, she discovers a letter um, from a famous novelist. It was Catherine Hepburn. Yes, from Catherine Hepburn, sorry. Um, and then she... D- steals the letter basically and uses and sells it in order to like pay her rent and pay for her sick cat um and that sort of inspires her to uh start on a different career writing path um <laughs> she also meets uh another formerly famous is he actually a novelist richard e grant's character or is he just no like i think a, he's just an outcast yeah he's just a yeah. a former sort of part of the new york socialite scene who's now an outcast from that and they meet together and an unlikely friendship evolves mm. yeah, so nice. this was also directed by mariel heller mariel yes. heller there you go um so let's see some of the Thanks, this one. Um, big ones. Richard E. Grant picked up a couple of supporting actor uh, wins uh, from like critics associations. He also won at the uh, Film Independent Spirit Awards. Um, yeah. And also won Best Screenplay there as well. And actually, mm. this um, size mentioned at the Writers Guild, uh, which is obviously all the writers in Hollywood, uh, they chose Eighth Grade as the best original screenplay of the year. They chose uh, Can You Forgive Me as the best adapted screenplay of the year. And so the two big awards of the night. Hmm. They know talent. They yeah. know talent when they see it. What did you guys think of Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, this film, real good. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. In, in a week a year, and not even necessarily like in a week a year, this would have won actress and supporting actor. Mm. They're both yeah, so yeah. good in this movie. And the Marielle Heller should have been nominated for best director when you when you're directing two performances this good you know yeah. that, that that says something about your directing and like i remember when uh the academy award nominations were were revealed one of the it was if you saw by controversial on reddit um you can see all the ones that have been downvoted which is always fun to do sometimes on like you know, when when it's about women or black people, there's often <laughs> quite a lot of um, stuff down the bottom there. And because uh, I thought we seeing Black Panther get nominated, I wanted to see the, what the trolls were saying about it, so to speak. And um, one of the comments was just like, Academy Award winner Melissa McCarthy, let, Melissa McCarthy, let that sink in. That's how fucked up the nominations are this year. And I was like, 
Not only is she already an Academy Award nominee because she was nominated for <laughs> Bridesmaids, but you obviously haven't seen this film because she's fucking incredible. Yeah, in it. yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I wish she would do more stuff like this because she's such a good actress. Yeah, yeah. And she keeps doing these shitty films directed by her husband, who's in this film, and he, he's just fine. Um, <laughs> but oh my god, she's she's such a good actress and she's so good in this film, and it's such a good role for her. If you told me Melissa McCarthy, if you sold this movie to me as like Melissa McCarthy wearing a wig plays a down on her like actor, I'd be like, yeah. it's a comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she gets into a bunch of tricky situations writing forged letters. Yeah. Mm. And you're like, oh, hilarious. Oh, Sign great. me up. Zany yeah. comedy. And it's no, just no. like re- quite, it's quite sad. It's it's quite a depressing portrait, but not in a, not in a, it's, not, it's a depressing portrait, but not in a depressing way. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make you feel sad yeah. at the end of the movie. You feel like, I don't know, uplifted is maybe the wrong yeah. word, but you f- you feel okay about the world mm. somehow. And, and yeah. also, um, so she's gay and he's also gay. So they're, they're kind of these two, un- unlike a lesbian and a gay man, sort of, you know, becoming unlikely friends. And that's sort of a part, a big part of the movie. I'm not just like... Oh, better mention it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's also a not a big part of the movie in the yeah. sense that, like, they're like, and they're gay. It's like, mm. these people are gay. They have real lives. They feel mm. like real things about their partners. And it's not in, like, a tokenist way. It's kind of in, like, a, I don't know, like the conversation where she, met, where she meets up with her ex and it's just, like, like a conversation you would have with your ex and it's not like... Mm. They don't make a big thing. Yeah, they don't go being that you're a girl and I'm also a girl. And I am a woman well, as well. It's, it's also set in, in the early 90s and it kind of plays more into their outcast kind of characters. Yeah. Of being that, you know, they're, they're and I would think in the 90s that would be one of the ultimate forms of being a social outcast would be. Yeah, because it was sort gay. of, um, I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. <laughs> um, Forget about I, it. So I, yeah, I agree. I think uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant were fantastic. That being said, I think they are the the two elements of this film that elevate it to the oh, Oscar 100%. conversation. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think the script as well. Yeah, that's all, it's, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I, this is this is my least favorite of the five that we oh, watch. Okay. That's right. Homophobic. All right. Oh. No, <laughs> not not to say I didn't didn't like it, obviously, because you know it's still in the upper half of films i watched in 2018 but um yeah i don't know i think this if the conversation is uh was this better than some of the best picture nominees the answer is yes of course if the if the question is should this be nominated for best picture i'm not so sure i'm convinced on this one to say yes it should be interesting i can see i can i can understand that i I disagree well, defend the death. You're right to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. Like, I think it's probably my favorite movie, but it's also either full stop best movie ever made. No, it's probably my favorite movie of the five we watched. But I'm also like acutely aware it's probably a the safest choice and b a little bit vanilla. So maybe that just says just something like about you. just like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Also, would just like to say, Richie Grant is so fabulous in this movie. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah so he's great. He's so it, delightful. It, it, Richie Grant was such a joy to follow during the yeah. like campaign trail. He's just such a delightful weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, he, he's like he's as excited as any of us would be if we were nominated now. You know, and yeah. he's like because he's also a massive fan of Barbara Streisand, <laughs> and she like. <laughs> 
congratulated him on Twitter and he was like, oh my God, like, like he was essentially like what we would do if Richard E. Grant was like, hey, I love cop balls. He'd be like, oh my God, come on the podcast. (laughs) Um, But he, uh, yeah, and then like at the Academy Awards, they had Barbara Streisand come on stage and he like leapt out of his seat and was like, oh my God, oh my God. It's Babs. Yeah, it's so funny. He's And then you look at, you can look online as well because, you know, they have the Academy, the nominees luncheon for everyone who's nominated and he like got selfies with all of them, but they're all real blurry because he's obviously so excited. It's That's so really, it's, it's so really cute. Adorable. It's like one of those people that you're just so happy for and- yeah. Uh, like I said on the Oscars uh, post-mortem episode, it's like this was a... V- I mentioned this was very close between him and Mahershala. Like, th- it was right. very... Like, it was, a, it was a, you know, a safe bet to put money on him. Well, in, in a way, not not like a safe bet. But, uh, you know, if you were weighing up the risk versus the reward, I think, you know, betting on him wouldn't have been a silly decision. Mm. Because mm. he did, like, the night before win at the Independent Spirit Awards. Yeah. And, yeah, he had a very real chance at winning, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, fun fact that like three out of the four Oscar winners for um, the acting awards were LGBT characters. Oh, very cool. Interesting. Very uh, cool. Very, very cool. cool. <laughs> but you're a homophobe, aren't you? Aren't you, AJ? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you what? Don't. That's why you didn't like that film. That's why you didn't like that oh, film. Oh, right. Yeah, no, totally. But, you know. I don't, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to make a joke about this. No, I'm yeah. not a homophobe. Seem <laughs> right, to be denying it for a lot. <laughs> Methinks the lady. <laughs> All right. So now for another film, which was nominated for three Academy Awards, and it won one of them, uh, mm. is If Beale Street Could Talk. So this was nominated across all of the, you know, the things. Categories, uh, the 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 award ceremonies. This is nominated for 129 awards, yeah. uh, and it won 51 of them. And Regina King won an Academy Award for her performance as Best Supporting Actress. It also was nominated for uh, Adapted Screenplay and Original Score, but lost both of those. But Regina King, I believe, was the most awarded performance this season. Mm. So yeah, interesting, very. Very interesting. <laughs> Let me so see this, if I can find out how many. Um, this film is about a a, a young African American couple in the seventies, I think. Yeah, seventies New York, and um, we are Tish and Fonny, and that Fonny. We start the film and Fonny's in prison, uh, and Tish informs him that she's pregnant with their child. And it's sort of as a non-linear jump back and forth between their budding love story and how they try to get him out of prison, yeah. I guess. Is that a good, um, good synopsis yeah. without yeah, saying yeah. too much? Yeah. So this one, so yeah, Regina King won 21 out of 24 uh, awards this season with one still pending as well, um, hmm. which for the NAACP Image Awards for Supporting Actress, I imagine she's probably got this in the bag, so just we'll call yeah. it 22. <laughs> Uh, out of 25 so this, and this was directed by barry jenkins yeah barry jenkins who you might remember as the director of moonlight mm. so this was Man. his follow-up to a best picture winning film so yeah while not my personal favorite of the five we watched this is the type of film that should win best picture you know <laughs> it, <laughs> like, yeah, and it did win <laughs> best picture at the independent spirit awards exactly and the fact it, it wasn't even nominated for the oscars is 
is just staggering. It's it's so it's so in a good way. Yeah. It's the type of film the Oscars usually go for, not in a bad way, mm. which is something like Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, like I thought this was this was what a what a important and heartfelt and touching film. And it's like this doesn't get any any best picture love. All right, yeah. Because I mean, we don't need to talk about how you guys watched it, but I went to go see this in the cinema on Friday. Uh, <laughs> and just just real quick, what did you guys think of it? Yeah, it cool. I didn't love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. I I don't know. I found it I found it difficult because of the like jumping back and forth to like follow the story, and I just feel like the novel would have been way better. Mm. Yeah, I, I did I watch a that. video that uh, reviewed it, and they went through the story chronologically. And I do mm. wonder if chronologically would have been the better way to tell the story as opposed to linear. But I don't know. I'm yeah. not, it didn't ruin the film. I, I followed it fine enough, I think. Because I I went to go see this with a friend of the podcast, Jeremy, who you might remember from our most disappointing, most anticipated podcast. And when the film finished, I was like what a masterpiece this was incredible and he was like oh that is one of the hardest to get through films i've ever seen and he was like (laughs) i don't remember the last time a film was such a slog to watch and i was like what the hell are you talking about (laughs) and then um i eventually got it out of them that it was because uh the cast the color of their skin. Um, <laughs> Don't, you can't, no, we can't no, say that when they're not here no. to, to combat their back. You can uh, call no, me a homophobe all you while want. While we were but- talking about it afterwards, I kept on being like, he would say something's wrong with it. I'd be like, because they were. And he's like, no, he's like, we're not on the podcast. You don't have to bait me. <laughs> I will say there were some really amazing performances and some really great scenes in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the scene where uh, Fonny and his like friend Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, he's so good, up, and it's he's so, so good. good in the film. Oh, <laughs> Brian, 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 why um, are you so good, man? Because he had a very good year as well. Oh yeah, because um, he's what? a main character in Atlanta. Yeah, he's yeah. paper so, boy. Yeah, he was in uh, Atlanta season two. Came out this year. He was also in uh, Widows, which is an amazing film, which didn't get enough, um, you know, talk. And also he played um, Miles' dad in Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So Mm. very, very good year for him. Uh, Deservedly so as well. Yeah. Good God, that guy. So good. One thing, and and I'm going to say this isn't a spoiler, but one thing that I loved about this film is that... So, because, yeah, it's, it's funny goes to prison for a crime he didn't commit. It never casts doubt on his innocence. Yeah. Like, yeah, I the, agree. the, the yeah. film's not about, it's not about trying to get someone out of prison. It's about love. It's about yeah. the love all these characters have for each other and the and the, the lengths they're willing to go to to sort of keep that love. And and I thought that was a really, and I, and I think the, the way the story is told as well, again, maybe it's just one of those films that's not about the story. Yeah. It's just about, how much these characters care about each other and how much they're willing to do for each other. And I really liked that about it. I think once that sort of clicked in my mind, the movie, because I, I was kind of like, oh, it's jumping around a little bit and stuff like that. But once that sort of clicked in my mind, I was like, okay, this actually is like a fucking amazing film. And mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say Moonlight's probably better, just it's a bit more focused and, yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's probably just a better film. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, if Beale Street could talk... Th- yeah, like you say, it is a very, it's very strange that this wasn't nominated for Best Picture because I think before it came out, before the nominees came out, I was like, I can tell you the nine films that are going to be nominated, the eight or nine films, and the one that would have been on my, like, oh, I'm not sure list would be Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, yeah. Or Black Panther, maybe, but... Yeah, this, this this seemed like a lock, and yeah. so yeah, it was re- it was very interesting that it didn't do so well. And can I also say before we move on to kind of like a wrap up, um, if Beale Street could talk, can you ever forgive me? And you are never really here. Are all excellent titles. Um, mm. First Reformed's really good as well for a, like a double meaning kind of thing. Um, but oh my Enemy gosh, I lo- makes sense. Yeah, 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 eighth grade, you wouldn't call that movie anything else. But, like, If Beale Street Could Talk is such a satisfying title to me. It's so interesting and, like, intriguing. And, yeah, so that's yeah, my best but- best title of the five. <laughs> um, what would it say? What would it say? Well, that's mm. the question. Yeah, that's the really, question, isn't it? At the start, it, it does that little excerpt from the book, and it's like you can hear the drums playing on Beale Street, but it's up to you to figure out what they mean something like that and i was like oh that's yeah, such a good if, line it's, well it's not called cool if beale street could play the drums no it's what also not set on like? beale street <laughs> yeah did, <laughs> yeah film, film did set you think it was going to be set in new orleans and for about the first 15 minutes was like this doesn't look like new orleans <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the the uh, that opening excerpt made me because th- i knew nothing like literally nothing about this film yeah neither. um before i watched it and when it started with like every every black person in america was born on beale street basically is how it starts and i was like oh cool we're gonna get like a cool new new orleans kind of like jazzy jazzy uh you know love story and then it was set in new york and i was like okay (laughs) whatever it's an adaptation so what are you gonna do sure whatever what are you gonna do about it so where do these films sit richard in terms of like critical consensus across the board aj i'm so fucking glad you asked so (laughs) um eighth grade is the 99 percent on Rotten tomatoes and where's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody well. sitting? Uh, some Rhapsody. fucking low bullshit score. 65, I think. <laughs> no, nah, it's like 62, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, so it's 247 reviews, three of which are rotten. So well, only three people didn't like this film. And Aaron was one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I found it a tough watch <laughs> is what I said. <laughs> uh, so you were never really here, 89%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's the lowest of the, the lot. Yeah. And uh, that's where I would put it as well. Uh, and then you've got First Reform, 93%. Uh, Can You Forgive Me, 98%. And If Beale Street Could Talk, 95%. So they're all very critically beloved films. Yeah. Being Rhapsody is at 61%. So to just kind of... I kind of said this the last... Um, I think I said this in our post-mortem. That like... Just imagine how cool the best picture lineup would have been this year if at least three of these were were in the slate, replacing others. You know, mm. like it's it would have been the, the it would have been more exciting. It would have been something like way more like good spirits in the air because there's a lot more different. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking probably eighth grade Beale Street and either Can You Ever Forgive Me or First Reformed probably should have been in the in the conversation over 
Bohemian Rhapsody or, or Vice or Green Book. And like, ima- just imagine that lineup. That would have been so cool. And I'm so angry that that wasn't the yeah. case. Yeah. And then when I get angrier, I'm like, well, maybe I should, you know, disown the Oscars and just be like one of those people that says <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I don't know. It's some kind of litmus test, I guess. Yeah, it, it is like, because a lot of people said, oh, 2018 was such a shit year for films. And it's like, it wasn't the best. 2017 was very good. And 2016 was shit. Um, but I think it's not necessarily a bad year for films. I think the Academy and the kind of award season didn't do their homework. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's literally what I was just thinking as well. I was mm. like, if you look at the lineup, you'd assume it was a bad, like a horrifically bad year for film. But nah, <sighs> yeah. it wasn't mm. too bad. There's some good movies out there. Yeah, you yeah. just got to know where to look. Yeah. This podcast. So if if our listeners haven't seen any of these five films and they can only watch one, which one would you say they should watch? Uh, it depends on what you're into. Like, <laughs> it, it's, what do you like, listeners? <laughs> it is one of those things, like the same way that I feel like it's important for uh, girls to watch Lady Bird. I think it, it, it's such a like... You know, girls should watch this because it's like the the relationship with your mother and and like like those kind of themes and you didn't say which movie, huh? You didn't say which movie you would recommend. Yeah, I'm saying like if it's like that kind of along those lines, I would recommend Eighth Grade to a lot of people uh, Mm. because it's a very honest portrayal of something we've kind of all been through. And even though it is about a teenage girl growing up with social media, having been their entire life and everything like that, which obviously. We can't relate to, but there's something in that movie that everyone's going to relate to. Even if you're a parent, there's yeah. stuff the the you know the dad's in it as well, and there's stuff he goes through and the conversations he has with his daughter. You know, there's there's a lot of there's something in there for everyone. Yeah. Whereas, and I, I think that's probably the most accessible film in a lot of ways. Maybe maybe they're, they're that or can you forgive me? Are the ones that are most. If someone was like, "Hey, recommend me a film," I would say those two before I would say the other yeah. ones. If it yeah, was someone that was like, "Oh, I want to really sit down and like." What's a what's a really good film? I'd be like, you know what, sit down, put first reformed on, turn your mm. phone off, turn the lights off, and just just take it in. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, you could almost rank these on a scale from accessible to arty. <laughs> like if if we started at like most accessible, I'd go, Can you ever forgive me as like the most you know, it is it is what it says on the tin. Yeah. Then for, then uh eighth grade, eighth grade. then it's, if it's, Beale it's Street it's could cringy. talk. Then first reformed, and then you were never really here. I'd say yeah. those—that's the order of of normie yeah. to artsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay, that's, yeah, that's really good way of putting it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, is there any other films that you uh, that you know we only we can only watch five? Yeah, is there any other ones that like you, we didn't forget about? We just didn't get to. Uh, I would have loved for sorry to bother you to get a bit more love. I think. Yeah. Um but that's that's probably the main one that that we aren't talking about that I, I really liked. What about you? Uh for A Star is Born. <laughs> Not enough love. Yeah. A Star is Born did very poorly at the Oscars for how well I thought it was gonna do. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Widows was real good as well. I did <laughs> I didn't see First Reformed, but I did watch Widows. Oh Widows is real good. And it's real good. Yeah. It's nice. fun, but it's also like Oh god, so yeah. weighty. 
because it's one of those movies I knew nothing about it other than the director it's the same director of um, 12 Years a Slave this is his follow up and uh, I knew Viola Davis starred in it but man, what a cast! I didn't, I didn't like know anyone started this until they popped up on screen. I was just like, oh, Stephen Queen, Viola Davis, this would be a great movie. Um, I didn't know what genre it was, anything like that. And then I was like, fuck, this is real cool. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh shit, she's in it. Oh shit, he's in it. And um, <laughs> AJ, I don't think you'd like it though. Really? That's fine. Yeah, AJ, AJ's um, doesn't quite have enough. Doesn't have the. Doesn't have. The it's pains, like Rick and right? Morty. Yeah. Oh, right. uh, no, it's a heist movie. And so the way the way the way you turned back to face me after you said that was the shittiest, like most snide way anyone's re- <laughs> like glared at me. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's not. We've we've made no secret on this podcast that that AJ's too dumb for heist movies. <laughs> it's true. But all right, there's a lot of things I'm too dumb for, <laughs> like love. Don't say that, Richard. Don't say <laughs> nah, that. Nah, yes, I agree. <laughs> Too dumb for love. All right. Well, thank you for listening, that's, that's everybody. I hope you go and, my, um, and watch all these movies, or at least one of them, and let us know what you think is the the biggest Oscar snub of the these past Academy Awards. Uh, yeah. And if you again, if you want to find us online, you can find. No, us they already on know where. Go back to the start of this podcast. <laughs> Rewind, Facebook, man. YouTube. We didn't say Patreon, patreon.com slash copopsha. And we're also selling shirts at the moment. You can go to uh, teespring.com slash stores slash cult-popsha. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Find it, rate us and review us on iTunes. Do all the all the shit. We need, I need to have yeah, this just know. be a... Yeah, whatever. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I dare you not to. We don't need it. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Come steal money from us. <laughs>